Ezra? It lives in the world. It grew down there. Ezra! Poisoning everything. Changing everything. Into something like the world it grew. Into what it knows. Give it away. It's got everything that lives. They all drunk the water. It got strong on them. Sure. Fed itself on them. It came from the stars. Skin ball. Where things ain't like they are here. scares us and what saves us. This is the fear of God. Hello and welcome back to your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear where every week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us, this is the fear of God. Speaking to you right now is one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse, and typically with me is fellow co-host Reed Lackey. And guys, he was here for a minute, but I think he was having like a parental moment because he said to his son, go feed your mother, and then went to assist in that task or something, <laughs> you know, it's Lackey. What are you going to do? Um, I'm sure he'll be back. In the meantime... Allow me to welcome you, listeners, back into our current series, a series voted on by our patrons. That's right. Join our Patreon. You can vote on series, too. Uh, Featuring the man, the myth, the truffle pig owner, Nicolas Cage. Last week, we had a sizzling conversation about that Nick in the City movie, The Pensive and Deliberate Pig. But that's all, folks, at least on that film, as this week we get real close with our moms as we discuss the Lovecraft adaptation, Color Out of Space. But before we get there, let me remind you, lest you have forgotten that here at The Fear of God, we explore, we do not explain, except for right now, when I explain that you can find every fog and fear of God thing imaginable at the fear of podcast, <laughs> at the fear of God podcast 
Com. Sometimes it takes two takes. You will find at that website that I just tried to name once and successfully named a second time, things like essays, team bios, episode archives, merchandise, how to join us on Patreon, which means you could vote on series like this and read. Riri. Hey, buddy. Hey, Nathan. What are you doing? Uh-oh. What are you messing it up and making two takes? Huh? What'd you get it oh, right yeah. next time? Sorry. Huh? Uh, huh? Uh oh. Huh? <laughs> what do you think you're doing? Woo. Somebody's been, uh, somebody poisoned the water hole. <laughs> so perfect for this movie. Oh my God. That's true. That's oh, Riri. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Let's, hey, you man. know what? We just had way too much, like, pensive, deliberate, you know, pigginess last week. We, <laughs> I, you know, I wanted, I, I say I wanted, you know, we spent a lot of time not doing horror in 2021 that I think it. We did. We I did. think it like. What? Did you just pull a Moira Rose? We did. <laughs> I didn't mean to. But um, we just I think I may have to do this. We just let our 13 year old watch its Creek and we watched it alongside her. And then we watched um, the mm. special and we all just cried and cried. And it's a really lovely show. It's a lovely um, special. Yeah. Yeah, lovely show, lovely special. Yes, uh, that is not what we're talking about today. I kind of wish we were. Um, but yeah, I, it's like I let my guard get down in 2021, and we're back in the thick of things. And uh, I don't know if you know, but this is a horror movie uh, this through is and through. absolutely a horror movie. Oh, man, I can't wait to talk about this. Um, so why don't we get through the other things so that we can talk about this movie? Um, do we have any business time to specifically? We got some business time. Firestarter coming up. Quarterly King. Fire- okay. Quarterly King is going to be dropping mid-May because that's when the new Firestarter film from Blumhouse, by the way, comes out. That's right. Saw that. That's Gave right. me a little bit of hope for it. Um, so right. Firestarter, the new movie comes out. We're going to be doing a Quarterly King on Firestarter. All the things, the Prodigy song, the old book, the old movie, <laughs> the new movie, you know, every wow. little thing called Firestarter. So we'll be covering that. Get on that um, to join in that conversation. The second thing, speaking of joining, Reed, mm-hmm. join in. You like how I do these segues? Yeah. It's kind of what I do for a living. Smooth talker. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, we have a Patreon this year, and we would love for you to join. Listener. Do we? Um, we do. Do we? We do have a Patreon. You can come on over and vote on series like <laughs> Nicolas Cage and what's coming next. Um, and what accent will Nathan try to affect uh, this week? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um uh, I feel like Stephen Grant. Uh, that's a fun <laughs> MCU reference there. Um, so, yes, come join us on Patreon. Get to vote on series like this and join us for other uh, uh, festivities. Get some cool swag. It's a grand old time. Join us on Patreon. Read. Speaking of Patreon, we are about to go right into a segment for patrons only. <laughs> no, boy. <laughs> and Porsche. what will be transpiring in that patron only <laughs> segment, Read. <laughs> What transpiration shall occur? Transpiration. That's a word I've not heard before. Because it doesn't exist. <laughs> I like it, though. We'll go with it. I like that word. What's what are we going to do? <laughs> you were asking me. Yeah, I thought you were yeah, setting up. And what I shall be transpiring no. will be. But no. no, you were asking me. Oh, okay, oh, so yes. we're going to play a fun game that you've heard like before called, called, called What's the Sequel to This Movie? And, um, I like and then that we game. are also. We're also going to introduce a new game to the patron segment. 
uh, oh a new segment, if you will, that maybe will show up again. Maybe won't. I don't know. But uh, I have a feeling it'll show up again. Uh, we're just going to c- play a good old-fashioned game of Would You Rather using Ooh. some uh, <laughs> uh, material from this film. So, yeah, that's what's in the Patreon. Color or space? Which would you rather? Color. <laughs> uh, to the Patreon segment. about this movie read let's do it here we let's are color so man, out of mother space oh. <laughs> my skin just twisted inside out like, <laughs> he said it he said it <laughs> like, let me let me oh. do that again you can just throw that on as a as an outtake at the end <laughs> so here we here we are read color out of mama fama space my <laughs> word what? Man, said mama fama. <laughs> <laughs> um, mama, no. Oh, man. Mama, hell no. <laughs> okay, so uh, here's the deal, listeners. What? Um, oh. little peek, little peek behind the curtain, listeners. Little peek behind Ooh. the curtain. <laughs> Traumatized <laughs> you with my game. Okay, so all right, so we asked the patrons to vote on. Which Nicolas Cage films we should cover. And so in transparency, without revealing all the numbers, like Willy's Wonderland was like the number one. And I think the second choice, second most definitive choice was Pig, uh, which we talked about last week. And that was lots of fun. Um, but there were a number of little ties along the way from things that received the same number of votes and perhaps appropriately, but still somewhat surprisingly, um, his three most recent sort of gonzo bananas horror films, Mandy, Color Out of Space, and Prisoners in the Ghostland, or Prisoners of the Ghostland, all received the same number of votes. Like, they, there was a three-way tie to like, oh, we all want to see these movies. So, I mean, maybe we'll get to those other two at some point, but you and I had to come to a determination about which one to cover. And we did a would you rather. <laughs> we did a would you rather. And so... I kind of vetoed, for myself, I kind of vetoed Prisoners of the Ghostland because that is my least favorite of those three. It's still watchable. It's still fine. It's it's a little weird, but still fine. Um, but it's my least favorite of those three. And then uh, you vetoed Mandy. Um, and I don't think it was because, because. you greatly... I don't think it was because you greatly disliked it or anything, but you just had not seen not at all out of space. Yeah. yeah. And you wanted yeah. to, to be see clear. something new. Yeah. I like Mandy. I think it's a strong movie. It was simply choosing between something I've seen before and something I haven't seen, typically, yep. unless it's garbage. I'm going to say, let's see something I haven't seen. So, Yep, exactly. So so here we are uh, with Color Out of Space, and I just have to know what you thought about it. How'd you, how'd you feel about your choice? <laughs> most, um, of this, most of this episode is just going to be you sitting on the other angle. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, you know, what's a fun, just anecdote here is, oh boy. So my experience of Lovecraft as, uh, of Lovecraft's sort of creative output is a few fold. One is of course, Lovecraft country, the show of which I have seen the book of which we have read and had Matt Ruff on, mm. he became friend of the fog. That's awesome. 
He's practically family now. We should have him back. Uh-huh. Uh, fam of the fog. Um, <laughs> the other two avenues are through the Arkham Horror board game, which I played with you, and the Arkham mm. Horror LCG, which is a living card game, which I played with Matt Murray and buddy Steven Scaregrove. And to be fair, I played Arkham Horror board game with you and Ian Olsen. We had a rip-roaring time uh, Man, that where was we entered, so much fun. We entered Cthulhu space with the madness that took over. Um, we did. And I really like those games. Uh, I'm setting aside Lovecraft Country because it doesn't do what I'm about to describe here. But what I like about those games, and if I were to read Lovecraft, I'm sure it's it's you know, a running through line of those texts is, I don't know, it's just kind of fascinating, this concept that comes through in both of those game formats of like, you know, the madness, the terror, the, the unfathomable wickedness Mm. that drives, drives us to insanity kind of thing. Like that's the core conceit. And so those are just fun games that, that are monster themed, but, uh, the monsters are a little, um, they're, they're more traditional looking monsters, that kind of thing. So, so when I jump into color out of space, that's the backdrop It's just like, oh, okay, you know, I've played yeah, these games okay. and mm-hmm. I, I knew there wasn't going to be a direct correlation between the games and the movie, but just the, the ethos, the sort of conceit, the general backdrop of, of his style right. of storytelling. And there's something a lot different about playing some games with your buds when you're cutting up and having a good time and sort of like your own imagination can only take you so far uh, <laughs> as to what's Indeed. possible in this, in this concept that then seeing a horror film that pushes those limits and pushes those boundaries and says, Nathan, you thought this was kind of cool. Let's show you what it would really be like. And you're like, yeah, Oh my no. God. <laughs> no! Oh God. You know, just <laughs> just for two hours, right? Basically, basically, and basically. So when I started the movie, having seen Mandy, knowing this sort of trio of films are a bit more cuckoo, um, mm-hmm. I still didn't know what I was going to get. So, so yeah. you know, interdimensional sort of shenanigans uh, loosely. So I had no, I wasn't prepared. I was not prepared <laughs> for. <laughs> what for the for the reaches this movie aims for in its horror oh yeah and i just i went back and found it where i just texted you <laughs> one word one word text messages one after the other you know oh my, oh, god, my god this f this movie <laughs> you know it's just so i mean um i described it to you like this you'll love this story you'll love oh, this boy. story oh boy um so St. Maud happened, right? And oh, yes. And I end St. Maud and I watch Arrested Development. And very different movies. And St. Maud kind of hits a fever pitch in that last frame, but similar vibes walking away mm. from. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Colorado Space is more a crescendo. Uh, or or mm. a a Ray Rising action and crescendo than Saint Maud, which is a, a peak. Um, right, and, right. But it left me with the same heebie-jeebies, which is a massive <laughs> amount of them. Well, I didn't, I didn't decompress with anything. I because I say this sincerely, I am 
intrigued by the general concept of the Lovecraft style storytelling. So I did some reading just after it. I was like, oh, I'm kind of curious about kind of the, the creation of this. So then it was sure. too late to decompress. And I just went to bed, right? <laughs> so so I've told I've mentioned this to you before, just in passing, not in this context whatsoever. Well, we have blackout curtains in our room, mm, which mm-hmm. in a in a in a normal, I haven't been harassed by hell itself kind of night. <laughs> I love them, right? I love them. And because it's dark <laughs> and we like to keep it cool in our room, it feels very cavernous. <laughs> so but not the other night after color out of space um <laughs> my man said he got harassed by hell itself <laughs> so i'm trying to just maintain my cool and i come upstairs it's too late my wife's already asleep she had been out with a friend um and like this is this is getting real behind the curtain here but mm-hmm. like my wife and i already have this funny dynamic to our relationship which is i'm very uh, uh, it would not be out of the question to say physical touch is one of my love languages, as it were, which mm. I don't mean in a sexual way, but just in a like, you know, playful yeah, intimate kind of way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Contact. Yeah. She is absolutely not that, uh, which <laughs> creates friction <laughs> occasionally and not. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Creates no friction whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, so that you night. Get yeah. <laughs> one said water's deep other said the water's cold uh, <laughs> this is what oh 25 years of friendship will get you uh, sling blade references out of nowhere so so I come upstairs with just Cthulhu tentacles lapping my feet as I walk up the stairs I and I go in my room I go in my room it is dark <laughs> it is pitch dark um, I crawl into bed and read i try to like cuddle a little bit with my wife because i'm freaked the (laughs) out and 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 (laughs) she she definitely totally rebuffs my physical contact i'm like okay um you know i'm okay i'm I'm good you know well what's hysterical is the next morning My man's just like, please hold me. And she's like, no, yes, move yes, over. Move yes, over to yourself. Yes. Well, what's hilarious okay. is the next morning, I'm trying to describe to her what happened. And I was like, you know, I was really freaked out last night. She's she's like interjecting. Why do you watch these movies? Like, because the people love it. You know, it's what we do. And, 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 I, and I said, but because let me finish. So I was fun. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. Blah. You know, I was so freaked out and I came to bed and I tried to cuddle and you were like, "Uh uh-uh. You like, Will Smith me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, then. She's, so I'm telling her this sort of sob story about how her giant of a husband, you know, kind of lost his cool over this movie and just wanted to hug in the middle of the night. Oh and she she shut me down and she was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like I, she had been out with a buddy and she was like, I had a couple glasses of wine and I was like sweating. and I didn't want to be touched. And it's like, oh, OK, that <laughs> that makes more sense now because you you were really just like shoving me away. And like, <laughs> oh so I just retreat. 
<laughs> just retreat to the farmhouse, which is the corner of my bed. You know, it's like, oh, well, no electronics, no communication. The water's poisoned. I'm going to die here. And then, your, and then your skin turns inside out. Then you're just like, yeah. <laughs> So that oh, is my God. experience of color wow. out of space. Your time was worse than mine. You win. Yeah. You win. Your time okay. was worse than mine. <laughs> this is this is what here's what's funny to me. Okay. Tell me. Is I don't I don't know why. I can't describe why, but among the things that typically upset Gosh, disturb <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a lot to relive that you went through. Like, are you? I would hug you if we were. Thank you. Thank you know, you. geographically close. Sure, sure. Um, but you don't want that, so you know. <laughs> no, you know. <laughs> Please, can I just have my electronics? You can keep your water. Right. Yes. <laughs> no friendship, but electronics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like what that what God. that would you rather game revealed is just like wow, reads a lot more like selfish yeah. and isolated yeah. than any of us knew. Um, okay, so no, sincerely, like of the many subset of things, you know, fear is a personal thing. What disturbs, what upsets, what grosses out, what horrifies. It's a very personal thing. It's all very personal, to quote Beetlejuice. But I think one of the things for me is that body horror stuff Mm -hmm. has never really done to me what I think it can do to some people, which is this this whole like I you know, like, yeah, I'm not comfortable in my own skin or whatever. Like when I it's gross. I'm not saying, you know, like I watched this, you know, another movie that is oft referenced was referenced in the Foggies a lot, Titan, and that movie is, you know, severely gross. A lot of, you know, body horror stuff going on in that one. Um, but even a movie like The Fly, or you know, th- there have been other body horror films, even though some that we've talked about on the show, that uh, they just don't, they don't, they don't disturb me in that way. I watch them and I'm just like, oh yeah, it's gross, that's weird. But it's like. You know, it, it, I don't know. I, I acclimate to it a little bit differently. I have different disturbances, so I create a. Tr- I, I'm I'm sending a lot of uh, affectionate empathy your way to say like, okay, all right. I I you know I under I understand. Um, I don't I don't feel the exact same way that. That's okay. Yeah, you asked for my my response, and I get I asked it. for yours exactly. Yes, yeah. but I but what I will say for myself is like, yeah, I. So like when you see the body horror, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so weird because it's like huh. anything anything that happens to bodies in horror film, not only just like body. I really hope Stephen Beckley makes an annotated reference of the slurps that happen throughout the history of the fear of God. It's like, <laughs> well, he's there's, a new sub, there's a new subset of just like, wow. okay, it's a callback to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Um, but thinking of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and thinking of the most recent one, which was full of, you know, limbs just flying everywhere and just you know complete body dismemberment everywhere i don't know why that has never i think there's something so wildly unnatural about it that i just automatically my brain's just like that ain't real that ain't real that ain't happening that's not real you know whatever but it's just like whoo yeah I, i get it this film though is one of the most beautifully colored 
grisly, horrific things I, I think I've ever seen. Like, this film has some, some bright, beautiful colors to it. They're just in shapes. Oh, that's the color out of space. Yeah. They're just hey, in shapes that are horrifically um, disfiguring. Random question that isn't the question you thought was going to be the question I'd ask you right now, but. Oh, oh boy. Is this a more serious take of what the creep show Stephen King starring short is? No, that was original to oh. King. Okay. Yeah, that was that was they, original to King. Because yeah. the minute the the thing landed or whatever it actually does to the mm-hmm. farm land and it starts sprouting foliage, new kinds mm-hmm. of foliage, I was like, huh, I wonder. So, no, okay. that's a fair. Cool. That, that's a that's a fair dot connecting there. But no, it's my understanding that the uh, the sad death of Jordy Verrill, which is the name of the creep show segment that you are referencing, starring Stephen King, and in the first creep show, that is not to my understanding. I think that's a King original. Certainly, echoes of you know this and many other you know bad meteorite, <laughs> bad meteorite. Um. So yeah. Um. So. All right, I'll ask you this question because I am curious, but I want to get to that ain't right. Cause, well, I, I actually don't because I didn't bring, I didn't <laughs> bring, I didn't bring a bucket. Talking about I didn't bring this, a bucket yes. in here with me. Um, but but we got to get there. <laughs> it's like you can't go around; you just got to go through. Um, <laughs> are there like I'm pretty ignorant to just mm. life in general. <laughs> Um, but man just but. stops the sentence. I'm pretty ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> and just ends it there. And done. Your turn, Reed. <laughs> so what you think about that? <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about your own smarts? Um uh are there uh worthwhile Lovecraft adaptations? Like I'm re- after 5 years mm. of doing this, um we've covered a wide breadth of mm-hmm. film horror at least. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I would imagine there's a lot of creators and filmmakers who would, of course, tip their hat that direction. But I don't, so, I don't even remember. Have we pointed to, or are there others we've just left untouched that are actual adaptations? So, so yes. I mean, the 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 short answer, uh, which I don't think you you either have forgotten it or you didn't know it at the time. I think we might have mentioned it only in passing. But no, we have actually covered. Um, probably the most popular and widely seen and widely known Lovecraft adaptation. And that's reanimator reanimator is a Lovecraft adaptation oh. that, yeah. And so, and so, yeah, like reanimator is Lovecraft, a direct adaptation okay. of a Lovecraft story. Um, and so, and it is probably, but the reanimator was directed by Stuart Gordon. And honestly, like in any conversation around the best Lovecraft adaptations, you're going to run across Stuart Gordon's name like at least two or three times because the man has made four feature films directly out of Lovecraft's stories. Um, and then he also, so he directed Reanimator. He directed uh, a film called Dagon. He directed a film called Castle Freak. Um, he directed a film called From Beyond. Those are all based on Lovecraft stories. He also directed for Showtime's Masters of Horror series. He also directed, although it's you know it's still kind of a film, but it's one hour of of viewing. Um, Dreams of the Witch House, which is also a Lovecraft adaptation. So, in terms of cinematic adaptations, Stuart Gordon is like the one who keeps bringing um, H.P. Lovecraft back to the table. Somewhat interestingly. 
Guillermo del Toro for years has wanted to adapt at the Mountain of Madness. Um, that he mm. he's never been able to get it off the ground or be able to you know produce funding for it or it's just the project has never taken form. Um, but he's been wanting to do at the Mountains of Madness for a very long time. Um, but anyway, we're talking about films that exist. <clears throat> so Stuart Gordon re- directed all of those. All of those are, I will say, strong films. They are of a particular, you know, they're of Lovecraft type storytelling. So like you, we covered Reanimator, and at the time, of course, you were newer to horror than you are now. But you know, From Beyond is just like Reanimator. Castle Freak is just like Reanimator in the sense of you're going to get some graphic body stuff. You're going to get. Well, like, let me ask you this. Know, so. I, I, um Again, as I mentioned 10 minutes ago, my my tactile rootings in Lovecraft mm-hmm. is of the games that are, well, maybe, maybe I'm answering my own question in my head here. But what I was going to say is are of more kind of Victorian trappings in their aesthetic. And mm-hmm. that has been kind of my overlay for the general vibe but but maybe yeah, that's yeah. literally just those games adapting kind of thing because because his stories are often set in that kind of world but uh fewer of the adaptations do that because his stories right I guess to that, me, i'm sorry to cut you off that's that's yeah. kind of what i'm asking is of the of the movies you've mentioned clearly color of space is not set anything but present day right uh, right, right right are they taking older are they taking stories set in that more kind of setting and just sort of shunting them into a more modern that's yes that's quite accurate uh now what one thing that's kind of interesting i have not seen it so i can't speak to its quality but uh the only reason i haven't seen it is because it's not streaming anywhere and i haven't been able to locate a dvd copy of it i bet you your local vizart video would have it but um there was an adaptation of the call of cthulhu in 2005 that I thought I think is a fascinating concept. I would love to try to, you know, if I can stumble across a DVD copy somewhere that's not, you know, going to break my piggy bank, I'd love to to check it out. Um, but supposedly, the Call of Cthulhu from 2005 imagines what if an adaptation of that story was made more contemporary to Lovecraft's time. So, like, it's a silent film, and the the mm-hmm. look and appearance and style of it is a silent film. But what I hear about it, because again, have not seen it, I've seen a trailer. But what I hear about it is that they really nail the aesthetic and that, you know, in that sense, because they're trying to make a film that looks like it was made 100 years ago, but using modern technology, albeit low budget technology, that the effects look fantastic and that they really do some inventive things with it. So I've wanted to see that. The reason I bring it up at this moment is because I think it is cited as one of the most accurate adaptations of Lovecraft material simply because it's set in that time frame in which the story took place and everything. Most of his adaptations are not. Um, I would point to two other movies that stand out uh, that are worth noting, worth recommending. Um, the first is a film called The Resurrected starring um, Chris Sarandon is the main one in it. I saw that. Uh, I'm fairly certain. I actually going to... Oh yeah, Hobbiting. Um, yes, I just looked it up to verify, and yes, it is. Um, it was directed by Dan O'Bannon, who wrote mm-hmm. uh, Alien. But um, so, The Resurrected is a very good film. It's got like a kind of a slow first hour, and then the last half hour is like. Really You're saying bananas. that is an adaptation? 
it is an adaptation of a Lovecraft story, and it's and it's very mm-hmm. good. I, I like it quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. There's also uh, there's a couple of lesser adaptations that are still worth checking out if you like this flavor. There's a, an adaptation called The Unnameable. There's another adaptation called Lurking Fear that's not quite as good, but um, those are you know if you're into the Lovecraft thing and you're looking like oh I liked this I want to see more Lovecraft adaptations first start with Stuart Gordon and just pretty much any of his Lovecraft adaptations then move to the Resurrected um, I would recommend those other films and pretty widely available there's also a previous adaptation of Color Out of Space that I think conceptually was brilliant and it has some really really great imagery it was it's a German film a German adaptation and it was shot fully in black and white the only color in the film is when the color is doing its thing when so that creates right. some really great kind of contrasts and some really great visual imagery great effects um so yeah there's a previous adaptation of this of this story also just called color out of space um and so yeah those would be what i would point people towards if they were interested in those kind of things but we've mm-hmm. only ever covered reanimator and now this one and this um, is one of the best i should say that like yeah I think I think pretty widely considered this adaptation of Color Out of Space is considered one of the best HP Lovecraft adaptations. Full stop. Well, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I go take a drink of my soda and I look up and you're just looking at me like, well, there's there's no going around. There's only going through. Cause just gotta go through as it. sure as hell ain't right. That sure as hell ain't right. So Reed, <laughs> <laughs> we are. We are. It ain't. It ain't. Uh, um, How many you want? How many you want to do? I've got seven listed. <laughs> you got seven? Well, let me count mine. One, two, oh three, four, five, six, oh my seven, God. eight, nine, ten. Let's, 11, do, let's do at least two 12, each and then we'll see where we're 14. at. Well, you know, again, you've got to remember. <laughs> Man, I have 14. 14. Um, you've got to remember, I didn't know how wild it would get. And so, yeah, you know, okay. you're when you're watching a movie like this, you know, so for instance, on, this is not, but, you know, this, this <laughs> movie, this movie is degrees of that ain't right, right? It's like, ah, you know, you're, oh, look, uh, somebody's drinking fresh milk from an alpaca. <laughs> that's gross and not right. It's like, well, sure, that's top of the list, but I had no idea where this movie was going. So that's not that's right. top of the list. That's right. You know what I mean? There's Poop Club and then there's you know, fart club. Mm, and then there's, there's, le- uh, and then there's you know, blorp. <laughs> Mama, no club. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Oh, I'm going to go God. first. And it's just, go, I, I, you go ahead. <laughs> I, I, wish this, I wish listeners had the benefit of your face. Mm, mm. That, that, now see that was a very lovecraftian <laughs> statement if you took it literally it's like oh, i wish <laughs> listeners had your face like that's weird um so you know i just don't I, you don't know what you don't know reed that's that's a truism you of don't. life it's a truism of storytelling you don't know what you don't know so when mom and jack sweet little julian hilliard sweet little 
uh, mm-hmm. a Hill House kid, you know, Baby when Luke. Mama yeah. goes to protect Jack from the, you know, the lightning. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. don't know what you don't know. And what you don't know <laughs> is that, that shit got nasty. I oh mean, my God. nasty. Oh. Oh Go Lord. feed your mother. Like, that is some dark, dark, dark territory we get into it here. Is- and when no like, joke read 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 <laughs> uh <laughs> when mom jack which i took to referring to oh, her as wow uh, that ain't right i mean you're right <laughs> that's why we're here um mom jack. i didn't do it uh who <laughs> did it Ghost richard did stanley it. Oh. <laughs> yeah um like um the <laughs> just the audio the audio once mm-hmm. Mom Jack mm-hmm. gets dragged back into the house and is heaving and wheezing and panting oh and crying God. and snorting and sniffling and farting and burping on the couch, like it is, mm-hmm. it's not okay. It's not okay. No. And then, no. No, no. then they wrap it up and they drag it upstairs. Like, oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, they get it upstairs and you know <sighs> just the progression. Like, yes, my number one with a bullet. Just a do it. Bullet is Mom Jack. Is is oh lord, awful. It's awful. It's Mom Jack. There's a like you can't. It's not even poop club anymore. It is <laughs> black the f out club. Like you are gone. Just terror takes hold. Oh my and god. Blackout. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. That's it. I'm I out. can't go on. I'm completely. Out. I can't go on. <laughs> I'm going on. <laughs> oh my god. Show oh me another. Uh, so yeah, that's my number one. Is Mom Jack? It's too much. I, it's oh, just it was, too much. It was. It was mine too. Like man, Paul Simon has a song called "The Mother and Child Reunion." I called this the Mom yeah, and Child yeah. Fusion. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Did you say what mm-hmm. you say? What'd the you Mama say? and Child Fusion. Uh-uh. <laughs> like, oh. Mm. Mm-mm. Mother and child fusion. Oh my gosh! No. Face. They Mm-mm. share in each other's face. Wow, you don't know the song. <laughs> yeah, I do know the song. I just don't remember the lyrics, but you know, yeah. Down with but them. no, you got the tune. You got the tune right. Okay, so listen. Here's the thing. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a smaller moment because I'd seen this film before, but this moment still got me, and I was mad because. To our point earlier, like I was just sitting on the couch and I was about to take a bite of chips and salsa and I almost spilled the salsa because it jumped so much. But just F that freaking cat in the road. Like F that cat. Like the when they're driving home from Did you say F that G spot? No. <laughs> <laughs> I did not say that. I don't I don't know I what mean, that's from. I don't know the cat's what that's name. a reference to. Is the what? cat named G Spot? Yes. Come oh on, man. God. Do you even watch these movies? I I couldn't remember that. You you alarmed me in the moment. No, no. no. So that's I not do remember me just now. being nasty. This movie is nasty. <laughs> this movie's so nasty. I do remember now that the cat's name is G Spot. But yeah, and, I've got uh, undead yes. G Spot in the road. Like, yeah, I've got that up. But that yeah. is, that's that's like that is number twelve. That's little league. That is little, <laughs> little league. league. That is but Pee-wee it just made me league. jump so much. Yeah, it just made uh-uh. me jump so much. Well, there's making you like, jump. I... Then there's making your head spin <laughs> and just <laughs> excretion. There's making you jump. Poor and then there's mom. turning your skin inside out and handing Bull. it to you, making you swallow it. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So. Oh, Lord. We're yes. going to be here a minute. 
So, <laughs> you know, I I forgot I should like this is all part of Mom Jack, but lapping Mom up Jack. the water. Uh, oh my uh, God, Reed! Yeah, uh-uh. squirming just right now. Thinking, but more yeah. than that, Reed. More than that, and I knew <laughs> it was about to happen. I knew it because I thought in the split second between seeing scene A and scene A point oh one, which is okay. the the, five, the three seconds between A and A point oh one, my brain said, "Hey Nathan, what's the most jacked up Shinto you can think of that might be about to happen?" And then it does because I thought it is when Nick Cage goes to kiss Mom Jack oh my God. and comes no. back, and there's viscous. Just yeah, goopy, goopy, gunky, nasty discharge tendril, coming out. Yeah. Like, get tendril out threads. of here. Yeah. yeah, no. And then he goes oh, back in. Oh, like, yeah. Like, it happens and like, then he goes back in. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> he is trying to remember the good times, man. <laughs> he's just trying to <laughs> trying to remember the good times. Just He's like, mm, can <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> He's, he's, he's shaking his hand a bit like, can I make this work? How can, how if you close your eyes, I? What you am I? Close it, how needy am I? Oh my God. <laughs> no, I said, how kinky am I? Oh, like, how either, I, yeah, like, pick it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah. That's, that ain't right. So, ain't so yeah, right. those are all kind of in the, and then now feed your yeah. mother. All that stuff is terrible. Um, I, I mean, the alpaca amoeba, you know? I, yeah. I like, just, I just, I called it the alpaca hydra where I yeah. was like, yeah, no, that just, mm-mm, mm-mm. I like my alliteration, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and that, that was what was so just like, cause, okay. So the mom Jack, mom Jack happens. <laughs> I think the alpaca amoeba happens. Okay. Does, do they take mom Jack upstairs and then alpaca gets revealed? Yeah, yeah. Yes, because yes. Well, well, because what happened is like they see it, we don't see it. They see it, they go running out screaming because the color is is spreading. <laughs> Darkness is spreading. <laughs> F your house. <laughs> oh my god. That's what the color is saying. F your house. F your house. They should have never given you fools money. Oh man! So then <laughs> they're running out, and that's when mom, you know, that's when mom Jack happens because mom tries to protect Jack, and that doesn't go well. And so then, oh, so they've just at, seen the, alpaca. So alpaca? then, what happens? Alpaca, but we, alpaca? the yeah, but the, we, the viewing audience, have not right, seen that. Right. They get they get mom Jack up, and then Cage, whose name in the film is Nathan, yeah, but he runs that. out yeah. to the yeah. I know. I'm just saying. So then he walks out, and then he goes out to the barn, and that's when we see the al- alpaca amoeba hydra thing, and then you know, multi-headed alpaca. You know, don't milk that one. <laughs> no, no, don't. Yeah, I think I. <laughs> I think I broke your spirit. I think something just snapped off internally. You need you need medical attention. <laughs> they ain't gonna get to us. You cut us off from time and space. Um, yeah, don't drink oh that milk. God, <clears throat> the milk's gone bad. <laughs> the milk's gone bad. Oh, oh my, my god. god. So yeah. I mean, that ain't right. That ain't right. Mm-mm. 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 
So those are the biggies. Those are the. That's the yeah yeah like, yeah yeah. Like there's yeah. like that ain't right. Oh, Don't Lord do justice to those two. Um, <clears throat> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Man, that is so jacked up. If that I'm, so I'm gonna throw this, okay, so this is your cat in the street, <clears throat> so it's it's I'm I'm acknowledging it as lower. Oh, okay, like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you okay? You okay? <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard. Just, is when your reaction when I said that. It's so, just like <laughs> do it again, oh. so the listeners can see it. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. it. That's why. So, oh man, as someone who hates like just gunk, <laughs> right? And yeah, especially yeah, yeah. in sacred spaces like the shower. Oh no! Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. When uh-uh. when there's the uh-uh. little like urinal cake monster jellyfish. Oh yeah, and his and his. <laughs> Drink. It's called a and urinal it- cake. <laughs> <laughs> That's what those are called. Oh, you simultaneously ruined urinal and cake for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it backfires every time you go to pee at a urinal. You think of cake. And you're like, I'm so conflicted. Uh- <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> so you just get a UTI. You just get a UTI. <laughs> I'm going to take the medicine. <laughs> so take the medicine. <laughs> Reed, speaking of UTIs uh, and urinals, I was at an airport recently. Dude, oh, I walked no. in to use the, air, the bathroom at the airport. This dude, this kid, I'm 42, so a lot of people are kids to me these days, <clears throat> standing at the <laughs> urinal, just looking at his phone. Like, what are you doing? You are you are asking you for it. You I can't wait five minutes. God, I wish I'd <laughs> accidentally bumped him in the back. Accidentally, in quotation marks. Just like, oh, <laughs> bloop, bloop, bloop. So anyway, oh my lord, Nick slash Nathan is in his shower. He's trying to just cleanse himself, ugh, and he ugh. sees he sees something in his drain. Th- that was error one. Why would you even pick it up? Don't pick. Yeah, what? I don't. Don't mm-mm. even. Just get out. That's what I would do. Yeah. You, you would you rather just at that point? Just like, would you yeah. rather pick up some globular jellyfish looking urinal cake in your drain or would you just get out of the shower what would you rather do i'm getting out of the shower I just, call yeah a that's an easy choice yes yeah, call yeah. A plumber. <laughs> let the let the plumber have the chapped leathery skin so then, he, uh, so then he picks it up which is dumb thing number one dumb thing number one is not getting out of the shower dumb thing number two is picking it up mm-hmm, and that, mm-hmm. you he deserved that he he should have been it just like the little just like tendrils tentacled just, yeah. him <laughs> Just, uh-uh. Yeah, and it like fla- it like flash bombed him too. It just like all they all shot out at once, and then just uh-uh. that's when you just run. So that's when you just leave the yeah. house. It's so time. <laughs> it's we, time. We're out of here. We're out of here. Like, all oh right. my god. So that's. that's <sighs> it. I'm done. I'm done. Take us away. That sure as hell ain't right. Um. Ooh, man, <clears throat> I'm exhausted now. It's tiring. <laughs> um, I will say this. We didn't do any quibbles and bits for this one. Uh, I will mention one quibble that is a bit, actually. I it's, it's funny because I actually have a lot of affection for this film as a horror film. Like, I think it's, it's quite effective. But then I, I read somewhere, I'm trying to find it, where that, like, I guess Richard Stanley did... A prayer to like one of the old oh yeah I sent gods you that. yeah or something yeah and I was he just and the like producer or something yeah 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 they they like 
I forget what they did, but they did they did some kind of like uh, ritualistic thing or something. Easy. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I, so, I, no, I, that's okay. Didn't know I was going to mention that, but then it came into my brain when we were talking so this about is all from this IMDb. Nasty. I sent you a screenshot of it, circled in red, and it says direct di- director director yeah. Richard Stanley. <laughs> Director Stanley. He conjured Cthulhu himself. Film at 11. <laughs> um, <laughs> director Richard Stanley and Swedish filmmaker Hendrik Mola uh, apparently <laughs> performed a ritual to the Lovecraftian god Yogg-Sothoth while in the Pyrenees. <laughs> to get- <laughs> you, have to, you have to cough it up when you talk. <laughs> to get the film made. Okay, set again oh. with minimal... <laughs> With minimal whatever. Director Richard Stanley and Swedish filmmaker Henrik Moller apparently performed a ritual to the Lovecraftian god Yorkshoth while in the Pyrenees to get the film made. Like what? That's that's yeah, I mean, like, that's creepy, wow. bro. That's that's jacked up. Like I was sitting there like when you sent me that and I was I was like, Really? What the like oh man. So <laughs> Really? That's a Re- that's a real horror? world that ain't really? right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a real world that ain't right. I was just like, Oh my gosh. And you know, it's funny, like Richard Stanley like the, I think what he's most known for these days, although he's made you know a handful of films, is he notoriously directed The Island of Dr. Moreau, which stars Val Kilmer and uh, Marlon Brando, Brando. But he had such a Brandon Getz. Wow, he had such a notoriously like devastating experience on that film. Like he just left acting. He, like, well, he got fired from it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He got fired from it. And it was largely like Brando's demands, you know, personality, all, all of that kind of thing. But like he, then he just like, wasn't ever going to make another film again. It's actually a pretty sad story. It's a pretty interesting documentary about it, but, hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, so, the, so then it's like, I have tremendous sympathy for the guy, and I think this is a super strong adaptation. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. And then I see that, oh, he performed a ritual to a, what? We the thought. <laughs> yes. That's every <laughs> single time it sounds like you're trying to <laughs> cough up a hairball. Yuck the thought. Oh, man. Anyway, so yeah, that was my quibble. My quibble is a bit, actually. But, so um, um, maybe you've got a mountain of madness to point to for your, uh, thematic, uh, resonance. I, not a mountain. Okay. Um, a hill, uh, <laughs> a knoll, a well, if you will. Um, so in the interest of just sort of getting to as close as we can to the cessation of this conversation. So I don't have to think about it anymore. Uh, and I'm going to go watch, I'm going to go try to cuddle with my wife and she's going to be like, ah, ah. Um, and y'all so off will get me. <laughs> Don't take a shower. <laughs> oh man, you just ruined my shower for me. Um, I'm gonna do it. Oh boy. So Ezra, oh, boy, I, old Tommy Chong. Sure. Um, <laughs> no, it is. It's Jason Chong. I know. I know. Okay, sorry, um, Ezra. Because cause I'm not just fronting for the show, which is to say, I I find the general concept at work in, you know, the games we played and and this film of my awareness of it. Reanimator doesn't really deal in this in this narrative, uh, but this notion that stare too long at pure wickedness, pure. Mm. I, I mean, wickedness mm. is even kind of a wrong word. Pure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Other. Uh, 
dark other, uh, mm, pure nether. Okay. Nether. <laughs> regions. Huh? You've no. <laughs> yeah. Stare too long at nether regions and you will go <laughs> mad. I mean, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get serious. I, th- I think, I think we understand where it is. The sure. abyss might be a word you are looking for, you know, some version yeah. of, Thank you, James Cameron. But yes, yes. (laughs) you know, this, this concept of staring too long at the thing will, uh, make you batty. And let's call it a void. Void is a Lovecraftian word. So the void. And I think a lot about, I don't know if you remember this, um, but our conversation with David Gushy, my conversation with David Gushy for our listeners and ourselves, uh, in that discussion, he talks about, uh, uh, sort of evangelicalism's history and sort of alignment with white supremacy in America as this sort of kind of in the DNA itself and Mm. sort of inspired by five years of actively discussing this stuff. What I felt like was a pretty inspired analogy came to my mind, this visual metaphor of like, you've got this Cthulhu monster with its tentacles wrapped around civilization. Yeah. And we call it God. And we call it good and we call it right. And so, so this is the, the, the track I'm on here, which is to say when I said a minute ago, I'm going for it. So people can make choices different than yours. And those choices can be rooted in right thinking, uh, factual information, sound judgment, discernment, um, wisdom that can happen. Right. 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 Right, right. Making different decisions. Unfortunately, and um, not unique to them being different decisions than your own, but a lot of decisions get made in our culture today that are inspired by the abyss. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the more I spend time listening to experts, thinking about observing the more it is hard not to feel like, you know, the meteors in the ground, the flowers are blooming Mm. and, and good luck escaping. Um, I mean, I won't go into all the places it went, but we recently were on a, on a vacation with some colleagues and, and which, you know, vacation might be a misnomer when it's with colleagues per se, but, all right, I understand. Um, I remember talking to one of these peers over dinner one night, and and I know, in a general sense, I am an outlier in my, I mean, in my literal office space, but a, a lot, even more broadly, probably in sort of sales guy type of persona, uh, but but uniquely in in my office space, and and I remember talking to this person who was a few sheets to the wind already. And I know in a normal day-to-day interaction that we are not going to agree generally because our sources of information are, are sadly quite uh, different. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember this person saying it, 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 the context doesn't totally matter, except it was a conversation hitting on a number of different items. And one of the, one of the topics was, or one of the comments that got made from this person was, about the deeply corrupt Ukraine government. Oh, wow. And then ladled into the exact same line of dialogue. 
And people who hear this will be like, oh my gosh, what do you do? Nothing. You, What are you going to do when you're staring at the abyss? You just sort of let it be the abyss, lest you get roped in and tendrilled too. So right, you just sort right. of let, let the thing exist, sadly, in this case. But sort of ladled into the exact same through line was how, like, this person doesn't do any sort of charitable giving in their life because uh, this wasn't explicitly stated, but it was implicit to the the thread of, you know, kind of everything is corrupt and why would I give my money to things if I'm not, you know, convinced X, Y, or Z. You know, just really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. really ignorant, really stubborn, really um, confused. And Mm -hmm. so uh, I I think I may have said this on the show in passing before, but Tracy and I, my wife and I went to an Aziz Ansari show right after Christmas. And he said something there that really has stuck with me. And he was talking about sort of disinformation, misinformation. And he says, uh, so-and-so who thinks differently than you is just trapped in a different algorithm. Wow. And, Mm. and that state has stayed with me because it, one, it gives you empathy for the person expressing the, very broken view right expressing right. but two it reminds you you know we may not have literal tentacle tendril monsters roaming a field but i mean the the swirl and the swarm and the power of the air is real and it will f you up such that yeah, right, when a character right. like ezra says up is down fast is slow what's out there is in here what's in here is out there like that is what, mm-hmm. if I'm being just candid, this conversation I was having felt like that. It was like, this is mm-hmm. not rooted in truth. This is not rooted in fact. It's not rooted in grace, empathy, compassion. It is not rooted in reality right. itself. It is staring at the void. It is, you have been, uh, the electricity has fried you, and now you're mm-hmm. nothing but a gibbering beast. Uh, pouring forth nonsense. Does this make sense at all? Like, oh, it absolutely does. No, it absolutely does. So this this idea of just disinformation, misinformation, how it is getting weaponized and used in our society, is is distressing in just a general sense. But also, is this weird metaphor and analogy to me of what in this film at least is literalized as you know the color out of space? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I, I pulled up what Ezra said. I just looked it up very fast while you were talking because I I do I wanted to see the language, not the up is down, you know, sort of backward speech he says because that's more midway through the film when yeah. he's still in some degree of his faculties. But when they when Ward and the sheriff return mm-hmm. at the end and they find his place again wrapped up in vibrant colors but he is very much a a infected version of himself and he's got his previous recordings on a loop and i wrote i wrote down it said uh I'll, i'll read this whole little space it says um it burns sucking the life out of everything it came down in the rock it lives in the well it grew down there poisoning everything changing everything into something like the world it came from, into what it knows. We all know it's coming, but we can't get away. It's got everything that lives. They all drunk the water. It got strong, fed itself on them. It came from the stars where things ain't like they are here. It's just a color, 
but it burns. It sucks and it burns. It burns. And what I was thinking about as you were describing your conversation, as, it was, as you were speculating about this, this thing, is we talk a lot on this show about intention and we talk a lot about the, the influence we have. And I think it's important to remember that while we can make meaning, if we are not diligent, if we are not attentive, there are things which will try to make something of us. Mm. There are things which yeah. will try to turn us into something. And you don't even have to go to spiritual places to understand what I'm talking about. Algorithms that get you addicted to certain inputs. Advertising machines which get you desiring certain things you might not otherwise desire. And they make you into a consumer of those things. Um there are things, forces, natural, calculable, and perhaps unnatural, um, and supernatural, that are trying to make you into something else. And I do. Uh, part of what resonates so much with me about what you were describing is that it's like it gets really hard. Like we haven't, again, we haven't talked a lot about Nick Cage's performance in this, but because there's a couple of times where it's just. It's almost a little silly, his little yeah, freakouts where yeah. he start he puts on that vocal affectation that he sometimes Well he's like channeling his dad or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where he's and I mean, it's still and weird, but yeah. It yes, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't always know or realize that that's what's happening to him. And he doesn't he doesn't realize in the moment that that's how he's being. And I think about this this way in which when you're in the trap, you can only see it that way you can only there's the old expression that says that you are seeing the world through rose-colored glasses and that means you have an overly optimistic outlook like that means you're you have uh, uh, an unrealistically optimistic outlook is the way the phrase seeing the world through rose-colored glasses normally means but there is something fascinating about seeing the world through certain colors um only seeing the world through the color of um uh, I'll, I'll use it directly. Uh, you referenced that this conversation you were having, they talked about the corrupt Ukrainian government and, and they were saying it that way. That makes me think of, there are some people can only see through the color of corruption. They see corruption everywhere. Right. And so they can Paranoia only see. and fear. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They, they only see that color. Everywhere they look, they only see that because that color has come in front of them and it is it has obscured their view and that is what they see the world through. They only see the world through that color. There's the the phrase that I know from from scripture, but I'm sure, you know, is is applicable many other places of scales over the eyes. Like you can't see through what has obstructed your vision. Like it's 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 come right. upon you. It has blinded you um, by obscuring the reality from what it is. And now you can only well, it you alters know, yeah reality it alters yes. the i don't know man like just i i think i i remember god s seven years ago eight years ago at this point i remember the latter part of john stewart's daily show tenure hearing him talk and this is before this is you know i feel e even then uh, like a wee babe in terms of what i understood about you know kind of geopolitical whatnot at the time and uh, still pretty uh, relatively ignorant, but I remember him talking about the two realities and I didn't kind of get it then. 
Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you just watch it play out when Reed, man, I, this is not me on a high horse. This is identifying how emanations from the abyss poison reality. Uh, when one of the most accomplished people ever to be a candidate for the position, i.e. the Supreme Court justice who, thank God, just got, you know, kind of confirmed today. Uh, yeah. That is being portrayed as uh, at at minimum sympathetic to uh, pedophilia, at worst, oh enabling God. of it. And that opponents of this person accuse those who want to, uh, who see, if I can say it, reality, accuse mm-hmm. people who see reality uh, of somehow engaging in, enabling, uh, sympathizing, turning a blind eye to this. And, and so my point isn't, you know, um, let's, let's obscure true things. My point is let's live in true things like, yeah. And the, the, the tendrils that man. And, and it just feels like the grip is tighter. Uh, and maybe, maybe it's just awareness, um, but it, and by grip, I'm just picturing, you know, this tentacled sort of thing wrapping itself around right, my, right, minds, right, right, hearts, right. you know, society, so on and so forth. Yeah. But, but just this idea that those, those moments that feel less frequent than they should remember those moments in the last four or five, six years when someone maybe close to you, maybe a personality in the world said the thing, whatever it might be. And you were like, Oh my God, I can't believe you just sort of did or said that. Mm-hmm. And just this steady erosion that has continued yes. to transpire where it's like, uh, <laughs> what? I mean, yeah. what is, what, what decency, what dignity, what integrity, what character, what compassion, what empathy, what sympathy, what faithfulness is there left to find when, the erosion is so great. And, and I don't know, I've just been thinking about that a lot since, um, actually though, our episodes released as pig and then color out of space, I watched those in reverse order. And so I watched color out of space and I'm sort of, you're sort of left at the precipice of just madness, right? Like just right. 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 Narratively literal sense, you know, how do you escape? What do you do? And then you, you, uh, follow that up with pig, which is about <clears throat> where you are yeah, in the work you put your hand to in the people you encounter, right. In the things right. you care for, you be present. And that mm-hmm. is how you fight back the madness. It is not yeah. by picking up the knife and stabbing. It is by right. disarming yourself. And this mm-hmm. is hard as hell to, to compose oneself, to walk in dignity, in grace, in compassion, because I don't want to have compassion for those I see perverting reality for others. Yeah, of you course. Know? But uh-huh. and 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 that's what's scary about what's scary about faithfulness in the face of the abyss's madness is is one faithfulness is harder. Two, faithfulness is smaller. Mm-hmm. Three, faithfulness is going to take a lot longer. 
And yeah. Yeah. And it's easier. It's easier to say, look at the pedophile. Like mm. what? Like, mm. like it's, it's, it's easier to inflame, to incite, to promote madness than it is to, to share, to give, to put down arms. Yeah. You know, we, we, uh, a, a phrase emerged in one of our recent conversations and I can't remember what film we were discussing, but that strength has arrived at, it is not inherent, right? It's, yeah, it's like, right, right. Force never itself achieves, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. anyway, sorry. No, you s- no, no, no. I, I mean, I'm resonating so much with what you're saying. Like I've, I've talked before. I think I used this analogy on one of the previous episodes, though. I'm um, remiss to remember which one about, you know, when, Adam and Eve ate the fruit of the tree in the garden. You know, they had been told that when they eat it, they would die. But then when they eat the fruit, what the scripture says is then their eyes were opened. And what I've reflected on in my own time in several ways is what died was the perspective they had before eating the fruit and the perspective they had afterwards. Their literal vision changed, at least as the scripture describes it. Mm -hmm. I'm just using the language to think about the things. And, you know, like what died within them is the way they saw things before and the way they see things afterwards. And I think about, you know, like Ezra says in that moment, he says it's changing into what it knows. It, it, it's changing it into something like the world it came from. And so, like, these colors that come in and that infect and, and these perspective shifts that distort reality that make it so difficult to untangle the the tendrils that have wrapped themselves around you and flavored and colored everything. I also think about, though, it's not quite in the same context. I also was brought to mind when you were describing the the scripture that says we see now through a glass darkly mm-hmm. um, so that like, you know, we, we have limited vision, limited understanding. And, and I think it's, I'm going to, you know, uh, what's the, what's the lost line when John Locke said, it's never been easy. Crazy people don't (laughs) No, He said, crazy people don't think they're crazy. They think they're getting saner. Um, and it's just a line from a TV show, but I think about that a lot where I'm just like, you know, don't you ever say that again about lost read. (laughs) But I, I do think about this whole notion of like, we have to stay in recognition of our own deficiencies to truly grasp reality and how badly we need each other to be able to grasp reality properly, how badly we need each other to do that. But I think a lot of times what happens is when you become convinced that the colors through which you see the world are the only colors that there are, instead of realizing that Color is merely a reflection of light through lenses. And I I know I'm getting like really metaphorical here at the moment, but like that doesn't mean that is the world as it is. It is the reflection of light through lenses that have been colored certain ways. Like that's what colors are like. And so I think sometimes we have a tendency to hammer down and say, no, the reality is as I describe it because I can look and I can see it. So the reality is as I describe it, period, full stop, end of story, but not realizing that there may be things 
that we aren't recognizing, and I really am, am struggling to grasp this all down. I'm just talking about perspective, and I'm just talking about like we don't always have a monopoly on perspective. And we see things a particular way, and we see things through certain colors, and the only way that we have a fighting chance of recognizing what the true reality is, is if we are open to hearing other perspectives. Because I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest with you, I can listen to a wildly conspiratorial perspective. I can listen to that, and I can hear that. And I recognize it as wildly conspiratorial and not rooted in reality because of how many other things I've listened to that attest and affirm reality. And how many times it's like, you know, one of these things is not like the other. I don't know. I don't ever want to reach the place to where I become so closed off to other people informing and affirming and um, challenging my own perspective. I don't ever want to reach the place to where I'm just like, nope, I've, I've got it covered. I'm. I'm clear on it. That's it. Because I think at that point, I will probably have truly been blinded by whatever colors I've chosen to put in front of me. Um, that's a very a much more concise way of saying what I spent five rambling minutes trying to do. That's all right. We're 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 used to it. Um, but well, uh, <laughs> we're, we're explorers. We're explorers. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and I guess maybe as my final note, and if you're open to winding towards a close here, the the. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can't be unacknowledged that the what literally happens in the film is isolation. It is a steady erosion of connection. Uh, you know, we, you referenced it earlier, and would you rather? It's it's a diminishment of communication with the outside world. It's it's the literal space they're occupying becoming more and more remote and isolated. And I just, it is hard. It's hard. We've come out of two and a half years, or however crap long it's been at this point, of, mm. of mm. forced isolation in most cases. Yeah. Like, yeah. the work is connect. The, uh, and even connect sounds too uh, Facebooky, and I don't want to endorse that. But I just mean the work is relationship. The work is looking beyond your own farmhouse. The work is looking beyond your own family. You know, the work is, to your point, identifying, I do have a limited perspective. Mm-hmm. What do you know? What what <laughs> great maturity it, it, it sh- illustrates from someone when they're just able to say that sentence, right? I've got a limited yeah. perspective. Yeah. But, but we in observation and you know there's a world and it might be a fair one where someone could say well the media only shows x y and z it's like okay but nonetheless it's all this circuit that we're all kind of running in this hamster wheel we're all running in where we kind of assume all knowledge yeah um yeah and that's that way lies madness the last half of that verse that through a glass darkly verse says, now I know in part, but then I shall know even as, even also as I am known. Talking about like, now I know in part, I know, I know a piece of the picture. Yeah. I know, I know a part of it. I love the way you put it. Like, it's so liberating to just say, I have a limited perspective, you know? <laughs> and I, I, I think a lot, this comes up a lot in conversations in my home, both to challenge my own thinking and also just 
for you know my wife and I to try to come to decisions and things like that of just recognizing like this could happen or that could happen this could be going on or that could be going on and we and we talk about the different things and try to you know sort of the the push and pull of of saying like well you know this might be what happens next or that might be what happens next and so then how should we what we're trying to determine is how we navigate through whatever it is that happens next. And you only can do that effectively, I think, if you recognize the limitations of your perspective. Because the moment you determine, I know what needs to be done, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to do X, Y, Z after this because I have all of the pieces of information, then you're going to stumble. You're going to fall. You know, you what, only know in part. Agreed. What, what if I stumble? What? Well, if I fall, Mm-mm. what if I lose my faith and I make fools of us all? You know, you missed, especially given this film. You, you did. Comes you referenced Ooh. that DC Talk song. Are you also given this film to reference? Yeah, there you go. The human race. That's right. Yeah, we've got a history so full of mistakes because we are. I can always tell. Boy, those it's guys, like, those guys, just like spun off into their own realities, didn't they? Those three. They have, they have yeah, three they have. distinct. They have three distinct positions in the world, and you it's like very how we just jarring did that? and alarming. We went from like yes. Lovecraft, Nick Cage, Guard of Space, DC Talk, to down with the DC Talk. <laughs> well, well, what's funny? What I was about to say is, I can always tell when you've reached the end of the conversation because oh, you're just going to oh, pick no. up on. You're just going to pick up on a phrase that's made. And it's like, it's like the Oscars. You play me off with your own singing. It's like, you know, <laughs> like you just like, I'm just going to start singing a song. And that's, that's Reed's wrap it up moment. That's like this. That's the counter has, has reached the point. Like I'm, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. Wrap it up. Reed. You know what? It's funny. Like, yeah, uh, uh, I've done a lot of rambling, but I think it's, it's good to remember that, you know, I just love the way you put it, that it, it's, it's a healthy thing to remember. We have a limited perspective and, um, there's there's all kinds of colors. There's all kinds of colors through which to see the world. Do you want to go to the fog meter for ye old color out of space? Let's do it. The fog meter is our very unique metric. Like no other podcast has the fog meter. It's just us. Um just it us. is fear and God. How scary was a thing? How some substantive was a thing? What are you laughing at? <laughs> like no other podcast has a fog meter we have one fan who lives in a lighthouse who's like let me tell you i've got a fog do meter a, it tells I me do, how thick I the do fog a is podcast i do a podcast from here and i have a fo- i'm just kidding it just struck mm-hmm. me as funny yeah. for the moment where it's like right. no other podcast has a fog meter we're gonna get an angry email from that one lighthouse listener that's like nope <laughs> i do anyway go ahead <laughs> okay so fear and god uh, I'm going to go first on the fear measure. How scary a Do thing it. was. This is an 11. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's up to 11. <laughs> this is a mom jack. <laughs> That's Ooh, what this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many mom jacks is this? Oh, my God. One's enough. Please, God. Um, 10. It is a 10. Understood. It is a 10. It Understood. is a 10. It is a 10. What about you? Oh, it's a 10. Look, okay. like you watch this. Even for me who is not dreadfully mm. upset by body horror, body distortion, things like that. I can recognize, I can look at, I didn't, I didn't verbalize this yet. And this is the last place, last chance I'll have to have it. I will say that the, the climactic moment where Lavinia is standing by the well and the tornado of color, that is a gorgeous shot. 
like that's not body horror stuff, but just like there's some aesthetic to the way they use the color in this that is really stunning to look at. And I loved that part of this film, that and the score. But no, for horror, for fear, for graphic distortions of reality and very, very disturbing, like the moment freaking Mom Jack goes running after Lavinia, it's 10. It's mm-hmm. a 10. You got to mm-hmm. give this movie a 10 mm-hmm. on the fear factor. Um, Feed your mother. Goodness gracious. Think, what a wow, terrible line. Man, that's terrible. Um, <laughs> I think for the God meter, I struggle a little bit. I think you actually brought forth something that you know that I think is very helpful to look at. It's hard to know precisely, especially given what we know about the trivial bits behind the film, um, how much substantive theme they were really going for. Um, I do think we mined something good out of it, but I'm going to go with a six on the God meter. I think there's not nothing there, but it'd be a stretch to say they were really after quite a bit. Well, no, I, I can receive that. I think, cause I, like I said, I, I have, been thinking about just the the concept of these Lovecraft stories that I'm aware of, um, and or that I knew were Lovecraft. Uh, not thinking of Reanimator, and I mean, there's something captivating. There's something alluring in the storytelling of like staring too deeply into the the abyss will uh, uh, make you a little cuckoo for cocoa puffs and and oh, I, I, should, I shouldn't have even said that but just like because i'm it's diminishing what i'm trying to say which is that is a serious undertaking to kind of ponder mm-hmm. that however i do think where at least what limited knowledge i have of these types of stories thus far it leaves you there you know it, it really doesn't yeah. offer the way out um yeah. which is unfortunate yeah. but i don't think I, I think it's embedded in the the formula of story not so much in this movie itself um Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i think i think um i think a six feels fair okay that means that we give color out of space directed by richard stanley and starring among others nicholas cage an eight out of ten on the fog meter it's pretty substantive showing for good old color out of space eight out of ten on the fog meter i mean i don't know how you feel about this would you recommend color out of space well i texted matt murray the next day and i said this movie's jacked up don't watch it um <laughs> i mean um you know to to horror people yeah i mean it is it's yeah. a really good horror movie i don't yeah, I ever want to rewatch it um sure. but of course. of course you know uh i feel like there have been others that are just too much of a slog to be recommendable that this doesn't feel that way. Like it does, it does what you're may not know to the degree of what you're after in watching sure, a horror movies, but mm-hmm. it does the thing. So, so mm-hmm. sure from a, from a horror movie perspective, horror fan. Yes. Uh, that's almost exactly my recommendation. If you, if you pride yourself as a horror fan, like, Ooh, no, I love a good horror film. Then yeah. Uh, check color out of space off the list. See it. You'll, you'll probably glean quite a bit of, frights and and uh i keep talking about it just a gorgeous aesthetic in the process if you are horror light we have some listeners uh and and even some recurring guests who self-dub as horror light maybe miss this one maybe just hear our conversation and and maybe miss this one so if you watched it and you made it through here we apologize (laughs) but uh but no that is um 
I think that's a fair assessment. And that puts our conversation of Color Out of Space, directed by Richard Stanley, in uh, in the catalog. So there it was. We are winding towards the end. We have spent some time here with Nicolas Cage. We have seen the fun Nicolas Cage in Willy's Wonderland. We have seen the just awkward, you know, ridiculous Nicolas Cage with Ghost Rider. Um, and, you know, perhaps, you know, a little boring. We have seen the thoughtful, reflective, somber, subtle Nicolas Cage in Pig. We have seen the gonzo bananas. Didn't even talk about his beating the fool out of his car freakout scene in Color Out of Space. Um, next week, we're going to round it home with a film that I am simultaneously very excited to cover and dreading covering because... <laughs> I am so, so very fond of the original. It's one of my favorite horror films. One of my favorite films of all time. Uh, probably, like, yes, one of my favorite films of all time. But next week, we are going to end the Nicolas Cage series by talking about the one, the only, remake of The Wicker Man. That is where we are going next week. I am so, like, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this. I don't know how to feel about this because I watched this in completely different contexts a number of years ago and hated it with a fiery red hot passion. Hated it. I am curious because I watched it completely out of the context of the fear of God. So I am curious watching it now for the sake of watching the fear of, of, of conversing in the fear of God, if I will feel differently about it, but who boy. So uh, the wicker man starring Nicholas cage, not the 1973 original, but the Nicholas cage one. So that is next week. Nathan, thank you so much for, enduring color out of space with me i appreciate it sure <laughs> listeners chills. didn't see you yeah. convulse <laughs> with chills um and listeners thank you so very much for hanging with us as we say on every episode the fear of god is the beginning of wisdom but not the end of the conversation and in that spirit we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing we will see you next week for the conclusion of the nicholas cage series and the wicker man bye everybody see you guys Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media, essays, and episode archive merchandise and more. If you love what we do, please consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast. There you'll unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online event access, and so much more. We want to issue a special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork, also to our assortment of talented musicians, including Andrew Nelson, The Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes, and also to Lee Wright, who helped me, Reed Lackey, write our theme music. Special thanks also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, and if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Hi, everybody.